Hello, everybody. No grading? All right. So, week seven. We made it, guys. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it also means you made it through seven weeks of like camp, but it also means we've made it pretty far along in like the chapels and devotional teachings we've set up. So this is the last um, talk that we have on the topic of identity. So this week's all been about identity and how responding to God changes that identity. So today we're talking about how does what I do change who I am. Um, and to kind of frame that answer, I have one statement, and I'm going to repeat it. If you want to write it down, this would be the time. Um, so it's our worship shapes our choices, which builds our character, which determines who we are. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Our worship shapes our choices which builds our character, which determines who we are. Short version, we are what we worship. So with that, we can trace a lot of things about ourselves back to what we worship. Um, so we think of worship as things that we adore, what we are devoted to, and ultimately what we value. So keep your pens out. Think about what are some of your values? What do you care about? Uh, what do you think is important? This could be honesty, love, justice, kindness, whatever you can think of that you're like, no, that is actually, yeah, so important. I hold, hold that as a value. So I'm going to give you guys a few minutes now to think about that and just jot a few down. And I'll ask for some of your responses in a minute or two. Okay, what are some things that you guys wrote down? I'll take three or four people. Family, yeah. Cool. Room for one more. Loyalty? I saw another hand. Love. Love. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So, next question. How often do you practice these values or do things that show that you care about them and live them out? Um, because you can test your true values by whether you practice them or not. Right? We can claim things that are important to us, but if we don't live them out, how deep does that really go? Um, not very deep, I would say. 
So for example, if you had a friend who said that they valued your friendship, but then they didn't really put the effort in or show that they really care, um, you wouldn't really believe that they value your friendship. Um, it's the same with anything else we value. If we don't actually put it into practice, I don't think we can actually claim that we value those things. Um, so I did this exercise my first year or two at um, the camp I used to work at, at our staff training, and it hit me really hard because there was a few things I wrote down that I was like, oh yeah, like I think I wrote like honesty. I was like, am I always honest? Do I lie sometimes? I'm like, yep. So do I actually value it if I, if I don't actually carry it out all the time. And it, it hit me really hard because I am a very principled person. Um, values really, really speak loudly to me. And um, I felt really convicted, right? And so this idea of like what we value and, and keeping to it is closely tied to the concept of integrity. Um, and that's what this talk is all going to be about. Does anyone know what integrity means? Yeah, that's a good explanation. Doing in private what you would do, doing in private what you would do in public. Anyone else? Holding true to a principle despite circumstance. Uh huh. Definitely. What are other other instances people have heard that word integrity? Because I found a couple definitions online. I'll give you a few. So, firstly was. Integrity is to be structurally sound or strong, bye guys, um, or solid or unbreakable. So kind of that idea of something having integrity, it, it's holding up, holding up what it's supposed to do. Um, or it can also mean being whole, undivided, unified, so more like as a people or a nation that has integrity, um, they stay together. It can also mean internal consistency, lack of corruption or errors. That can be more in like data or like technology, right? The having consistency, there's integrity there. Um, but it also means, yeah, uh, for people being honest, true, upright, honorable, and of good character. Um, so yeah, that definitely makes sense. If we have integrity, it means that we are true to our word. Um, we practice what we claim to uphold and we're consistent in our actions and in our beliefs. They don't contradict each other. So I actually have a demonstration I'm gonna need a volunteer for. Someone just come up. <laughs> there was like a million. Careful. It's a very yellow demonstration. Okay. Oh yeah, that's good. Does everyone see this? Gabe. Whoa, 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 I did not say you could touch the knife. <laughs> what is this? A banana. Correct. <laughs> you may now take the knife. <laughs> All right, go ahead and cut the banana however you would like. Okay. All right. So now that you're looking at the inside, what is this? A I'm asking Gabe. <laughs> hey, spoiled the answer. Um, I'm not done. Okay, go ahead and cut it a different way. Oh, oh, oh. fancy. All right. Whoa, this is this is a lot different. That looks different. What is this? A banana. Oh. Cool. 
Okay, one more time. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> What's that? A banana. True, you can sit down now. <laughs> you can take your banana. <laughs> True. <laughs> Okay, Okay. so with that demonstration, you can see that no matter which way we cut the banana, it was still a banana, right? So it kind of can be aligned with ourselves too, that like no matter which way someone cuts or sees us in different lights, different contexts, ideally we should be the same through and through, right? You shouldn't see us in a different place and then all of a sudden we're this like not Chantel, you know what I mean? Like not what I say that I hold to believe, things like that. Um, which it'll come together as I keep going. But yeah, keep that in mind. Um, so yeah, as Christians, like ideally, right, Christians live consistently with what they believe and develop good character. Um, why is that? Because if we truly worship God, we will look like living with him as our top priority. That is, that is what will inevitably happen. That is the outcome, the natural outcome of having God as your top priority, who you worship. Um, and if we aren't, we definitely need to check our hearts and reorient towards him. Um, because if, yeah, exactly, if that's not the case, then um, yeah, just question that and say, well, where is my heart oriented towards? What do I worship right now? Um, but also, we do this because it's what it looks like valuing others, to value others, and to show God's love to them, which happens best when we practice what we <coughs> preach, right? People can tell if we are fake in general, um, but they can also tell if we're fake in our faith. Um, by our actions and our words, right? A lot of people do say that Christians are hypocrites, right? Like we say one thing and then we go about our lives another. Um, and so if we say one thing and we actually practice it, that goes a long way. Um, but this doesn't mean that we have to be perfect in every single instance. And as soon as we kind of like say or do something that's not aligned with what we say or believe that that's like shot now. Um, but it's also how we respond to those moments where we do mess up, right? or when other people mess up, how do we treat them? Is that also consistent with what we believe? Is that demonstrating our values of forgiveness and grace? Right? And so I have a few verses that talk about good character and the way that it helps us to live for Jesus. So this is why I asked you to bring your Bibles, because we're going to flip around. Um, so we're first going to go to Proverbs. Chapter 10 Verse 9, mm -hmm. it says, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. So that idea of walking safely, um, kind of like that sure footing of being consistent with your word and other people believing that about you as well. Um, so our next one is going to be Psalm 25, verse 21. And it reads, 
May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. This is a little bit different, but that's okay. Um, so again, that idea of like, it's like a protection, that security in being upright and having consistency in what you believe. Again, you're not going to be caught in a lie or in that um, hypocritism, whatever that's called. Hypocrisy! <laughs> Do you like my other word for it? <laughs> Creative. Okay, um, we're going to flip to Titus 2, 7 to 8. I'm also getting warm. Okay, um, it says, In everything... Set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So again, this idea that if we keep with what we say to believe, no one will have anything to say about it, right? Especially if our, if our values are goodness and kindness and those things that Christ pursued, There'll be nothing, there'll be nothing left to be said. Um, last quick jump around is 2 Kings 12, verse 15. And it says, They did not require an accounting from those whom they gave the money to pay the workers because they acted with complete honesty. So it actually also offers trust to other people when you're consistent, right? They know that what, you, that what you do is in line with what you say, and so they can trust you with bigger things. In this case, it was money. And so all of these talk about this grounding effect that integrity has. Keeps us secure in our footing to follow the truth in God's word. And so it's what keeps us intending in the right direction, as Tanya explained to us on Sunday. It helps us have this orientation that, again, is in the right direction. Um, it's what will guide us to walk in righteous living, and it will produce the good fruit that God calls us to by holding and keeping us to values that are the source of that fruit, which God builds in us as we walk with him, um, which we are going to read about in Luke 6. Um, 43 to 45, titled A Tree and Its Fruit. You might have heard this one before. Um, it says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick fig, figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars, mine says. Um, I'm going to continue on. The, I don't know if it's on the screen. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. <coughs> For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. So again, oh, perfect. That was there. Anyway, um, so again, this idea of like what we build up in us, what is our character, is what will be the outflow, right? If we are storing up things that are of bad character, it'll produce that bad fruit, right? It's what will naturally come out. Um, but if we are, again, building up that good character, then we will have a good tree that will bear good fruit, um, is what will be produced in our hearts because of that. Um, but something I've noticed is that 
pursuing good character or integrity is slowly disappearing with the new generations, sadly. Um, because I, I've noticed that we are growingly placing greater importance on our feelings. Um, we're a generation that worships our feelings. Feelings are not a secure ground or a sure footing. They can change at any moment. They shift with our circumstances and our state of mind. Our feelings aren't bad, but they certainly cannot lead us in righteousness like good character can, which is much more reliable. So by having set values that you walk in consistently, you'll be able to respond in a way that isn't swayed by your feelings in those moments of temptation, right? If we decide something in advance that we value in the time where that comes up, where you have to decide, that value will have already decided for you. You don't need to decide in the moment. Um, if I take the example of like drinking, if you've like decided like, no, I think I can live in good character by keeping away from, yeah, strong drink, okay, like it says. Um, then in the moment where like someone's like, hey, like, do you want to drink? You'd be like, well, I already decided that I wasn't going to do that. So yeah, like, no, I've already decided that's what's important to me to stay away. And so in the moment that someone else comes along and they don't know whether, whether it's right or wrong to drink, because maybe that is right a gray area. And so someone will come along and be like, hey, do you want to drink? And it's like, maybe, I don't know, I haven't really thought about it. You know, and it's like, that seems kind of fun. Yeah, I'll do it, right? It's much more easy to follow those temptations than if we've decided in advance. Um, it kind of also goes along with a quote, I don't know if you guys recognize it, that um, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything, kind of along those lines. Um, and so if we are talking about like good character, um, what does that look like? What are those things that we should pursue um, out of good character? So we're going to flip to Philippians. Ha <laughs> um, Four, chapter four, verse eight. Um, and we're going to park here for the last couple verses. Um, so Philippians four, verse eight says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Even further, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So if you're ever wondering, like, okay, what does good character look like? That's a pretty good verse to go to, um, but it's all over what Jesus did, right? If we follow in what he walked in, that's also pretty good pretty good indicator. Um, and you might also be wondering how, like how does this happen? How does good character get built up? Um, we're going to flip to the page before Philippians 1, verse 9 to 11. And it says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Um, so here it points again to like Jesus being our source of those things and also that we can pray for them and that God will be faithful to answer that. So I'm just going to end with a video testimony. 
um, of someone who was put under the pressure of the spotlight um, to conform to cultural norms. Um, just to give you a little context for the video, because I am just showing the end of it. Um, so if anyone's ever heard of the website, um, I am second. So it finds uh, people with, sorry, famous people with Christian testimonies um, that are impactful and they've recorded them and, and have kind of like a gallery of them. And so um, we're going to watch Sean Lowe's testimony, part of it anyway. Um, and if any of you don't know who this is, I didn't actually know who this was <laughs> until I saw the video. But um, he was on The Bachelor. He was The Bachelor. And um, he's explaining kind of what happened after he proposed to the girl on the show who like won. Um, so proposing to like his future wife, say. Um, so we're going to watch it and then I'll just finish this off. Um, so I showed this video because it just really demonstrated that after going through a season where he followed his own desires that he eventually had had enough. He's like, it's time. Something's got to change. Like, it's time. Um, and that change was rededicating his life to Jesus. Um, and I loved how is when he said, like, when he was talking about that, rededicating his life to Jesus, is that when he that's when he said, I became a man, right? Um, and I think a lot of the culture these days speaks exactly to, like, what he was saying, that, like, being a man means, like, having sex or, like, being with a lot of women or whatever else, which, like, you'd think he, like, had that because he was, like, on The Bachelor and things like that, and that's, like, kind of all what it's about, but he did it so different because he knew that, that had something had to change and that that was actually when he became a man. And I honestly just want to talk to the boys in the room right now. Um, that, yeah, exactly. A real man is someone who has good character. Okay? If you want anyone to take you seriously and to respect you, have integrity. You know, build good values, stick to them. Because that will also attract the people who recognize and admire good character. And that might have gone to your mind like, oh, attract a girl. Sure. Um, but I also mean good friends and mentors who will build you up because of those things. Um, but it doesn't just stop at guys. This is a takeaway for us all. And that I've personally had a similar experience to um, the testimony we just heard. Because there was a point in my life where I walked away from God. Not because I didn't believe in him, but I just kind of started going my own way without really realizing it. It was kind of like a slow web until it was like, man, this kind of sucks like... There was something about it, it just wasn't the same. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like the choices I was making. And I didn't really understand what the, different, what the difference was because I was having a really good time. I was on an exchange trip, had like really good friends. And we were just having fun, like living the dream, like independence without any responsibility. Um, but then afterwards, I was like, oh, I understood why it wasn't the best time of my life because I was missing that relationship with God. And so it was deciding then that I needed a change. And yeah, it was not the life I wanted to live and it wasn't the person I wanted to be. I wanted to be different. And just like he says in the video, I became different and someone I actually liked once I made Jesus king of my life. Um, I started treating my friends better, um, acting more respectively, not feeling like a hypocrite. I felt more true and genuine after that point. Um, and again, like he said, Jesus shapes everything in and around 
us and how we see things um, when he's the center of our worship. And it becomes who we are when he is that center of our worship. So I can say today that I am one who truly worships Jesus, my king. Um, and that's my sure footing. So consider what, what it is that you worship, what is at the center, and how that shapes who you are. I'm just going to pray. Um, dear Lord, I thank you so much for who you are I thank you that you shape us and you guide us and you bring us into better places that we could ever go on our own um, when we choose to worship what we want to worship. Um, but you actually make us, yeah, righteous and having integrity and um, being genuine and, and the same through and through in every situation, no matter which way you cut us. <laughs> um, yeah, God, would you just continue to to show us the ways that we can make you the center of our worship and the ways that that just transforms us uh, from the inside out. Um, God, I pray for everyone in this room that they would um, not feel like that's the necessarily their responsibility except choosing you and that you do the rest, that you are the one who changes our hearts. So I thank you for that and doing that in my own life, and I just pray this for every single person in this room. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, no, give me the mic. So, um, because of kind of like schedule changes, like we don't usually have the stop chapel on a Wednesday and all that. Um, because of these changes, 